Hi friends, happy December 22nd. I cannot believe it. Christmas is around the corner. But honestly though, this year, I'm not really feeling the holiday season. Is it just me or what? But that doesn't matter because I'm actually flying out today to LA to be with my family next week for Christmas time. And I hope you all have a great rest and a joyous time during this holiday weekend as well. Today's episode is such a personal topic to me because it is one that is closely related to one of my most unforgettable moments as a child. And I would like to thank many of you too. The dentist. You have no idea how many times I had to go to the dentist as a kid. For some reason, I always had cavities, despite not even eating too much sweets. I cannot remember how many root canals I've had on my molars, ultimately leading to it being extracted. Whenever I think of the dentist, all I can think of is pain and trauma. I can still hear and feel the drilling, the visceral feeling of my tooth pulp being picked on by the sharp dental instruments, the blood I spat on the continuous water running sink, and just the numbing and throbbing pain down in my jaw that I couldn't ward off by any well wishes. It was only in the past few years since college that I actually looked forward going to the dentist as all of my cavity and infection issues had been resolved. Now, I can enjoy and get excited about my teeth cleaning every six months, trying new teeth cleaning devices at home, and even splurge in luxurious activities like teeth whitening. But this brings out an important topic when it comes to teeth. Why we do all of these things outside of just general oral health is because we want to have a shame-free smile. Smiling is such an important part of life. I mean, it is the universal symbol of happiness. There definitely are life moments when we don't want to and can't smile. Heartbreaks, <laughs> I'm going through one recently, <laughs> grief, and even just a stress-filled day. But there are also reasons why there are those who choose not to smile, simply because of how it looks on them. According to a 2019 survey of 2,000 Americans by the company Snow Teeth Whitening, 57% of people said they cover their mouths when they laugh because they are ashamed of their teeth's appearance, with 7 in 10 people admitting self-consciousness about their teeth due to lack of whiteness, crookedness, and even gaps between them. This reminds me of a time when I was seeing a patient in the clinic years ago trying to get their health and medication history. The whole encounter, she was turning her face away from me and covering her mouth, I realized it was because she was trying to hide her mouth, which had multiple missing teeth. Truly, the way our teeth look has a huge impact not only in our self-perception, but also in how we believe the world perceives us, thereby affecting our confidence and self-esteem. But beyond just the dental aesthetics of teeth shade and color, there definitely exists an array of skeletal issues of the mouth, teeth, and jaw that can affect not only our psychosocial aspect, but also our general health and quality of life. Teeth and jaw malformations and misalignments may affect our breathing, our sleep, what and how we eat, and the daily activities we may all partake in life. The field of orthodontics is a specialty of dentistry that deals exactly with these. Malpositioned teeth and jaws, misaligned bite patterns, and even malocclusion of the teeth itself. This opens up the conversation to treatment modalities that are usually commonly known, such as traditional braces, clear aligners like Invisalign, and retainers. Today, I have the honor of being joined by my friend, Dr. Vivian Chen, a dentist and current orthodontics resident at the University of Pennsylvania School of Dental Medicine. She was a Fulbright Research Fellow in Chengdu, China, where she was a research assistant at Sichuan University's Laboratory of Oral Diseases, with a focus on dental public health. 
She was also a research assistant at the University of California, San Francisco School of Dentistry's Department of Orofacial Sciences. This was recorded back in March for National Dentist Day, and we talked just about that. Dentistry, her passion behind it, what is orthodontics, and why is restoring smiles so important. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope that we all smile more as each day passes. There we okay. go. So I've been so excited. Tomorrow, National Dentist Day. We've had some other dentists on the pod before, and we always try to schedule it for Dentist Day the past three years, and it's never happened. So today Honestly, is the closest. Honestly, it was a great idea. People are saying we have a day. I didn't know. Actually, <laughs> Chris approached me and was like, let's do it for National Dentist Day. And I was like, wait, when is that? <laughs> Hi everyone, I am Dr. Vivian. Um, I am a first-year orthodontics resident at Penn. I did my undergrad at Columbia, New York. I did my dental education in San Francisco, and I just moved to Philly last summer. And I actually started this account to inspire people to want to do dentistry, people who are interested in orthodontics, or if you just care about your oral health. (laughs) Yeah. I have some friends within the dental space. I'm not, I'm not a, you know, for someone not in dentistry, I love having dentists on on the pod. We've had Dr. Joyce come on. We've had a duo come on for the first season. I had cavities growing up and had like two extractions and root canals. So even though I'm so traumatized by the dentist, I love hearing their stories and I love hearing about their field. So again, thank you for being with me today. Again, you graduated from UCSF for your UBS degree, right? Which I heard is such a great school. And then now you're at UPenn for your residency and for your orthodontics residency. And you were talking about how you created this account to inspire other people. I wanted to know what's your inspiration for entering the field. So I actually came to the realization that I wanted to be a dentist maybe halfway through my college experience. My mom is in the healthcare field. She's a physician. And so growing up, she was always like, you should consider being a doctor. It's a profession, all of that. And I was always motivated by her, but I didn't know if that's exactly what I wanted to do. And so in college, I actually majored in biology and I had a visual arts minor. I kind of had an existential crisis halfway through college. I was like, I don't know if I want to be pre-med. It's so cutthroat. I don't know if I vibe with the people. And so during a painting class, one of my professors was like, have you ever thought about doing dentistry? And I was like, wait, what? I didn't know that was like the people that we went into. And so I shadowed a dentist. I went on a mission trip actually to Panama and Honduras halfway through college just to see what it was like to kind of get my feet wet in that field. And I came back loving it. And I didn't know I wanted to be an orthodontist either when I first started out, you know, being pre-dental, but it's been a really good journey since then. And I think dentistry is great because it combines science, patient care and art as well. So I just think that it was a really good blessing that I landed on this in college. Yeah, I mean, the field is definitely an art, especially when I'm yeah, in the dentist. Yeah, they're like they're doing fillings. You really have to be so precise be because we're working in millimeters. Yeah. When we're getting graded on our crown preps or fillings, they grade by the millimeters. So you have to be so precise with your hand skills, too. That's something as I joined dentistry. 
Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, your journey to dentistry is like something, I guess, like you said, you didn't really expect or that it's not one of those, oh, ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a dentist, right? And yet the, the, the whole journey to get where you are now is such a long road, right? Four years of undergrad, which is so hard, especially biology, and then four years of dental school and all of your you know, rotations, and then now you're in residency. Do you have any regrets pursuing the field, being where you are now, given that there's so much time involved and for the most it part, so much is, money involved, it is, right? It is a lot and, of time commitment, a lot of money commitment. <laughs> so I would say to anyone who is thinking about dentistry, I personally think that, you know, four years of college, four years of dental school. And on top of that, I'm doing two years of residency. I was prepared to go into it just because I knew about how long the schooling would take from, you know, my mom talked about a lot. And she actually had kids when she was in residency. And so that's something I had to think about too, when I was considering this field. It's definitely something that you have to buckle down and work hard at. But at the same time, I do think it's such a rewarding career because dentists is a lifetime career and people will always need someone to take care of their teeth. So that's kind of what keeps me going. At the same time, you're getting to help people every day. So that's kind of my big motivator as well. I really like helping patients and seeing them smile at the end of the day. That makes me really happy and keeps me going. We know that like doctorate degrees, especially within clinical and dentistry or medicine are so expensive, right? And the six figures, but I remember like reading a statistic on Instagram, I think last year, right before I had my other episode with another dentist. And it was showing how the top six careers in the United States with the most student loans. Oh my the God. Top five or six are all dentists. Like, dentistry, <laughs> orthodontist. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, this mountain of finances is a very big topic, right? And it's something for students. It's think about pre-dental or dental students, given that mountain, and, and you probably answered this already, what would be your advice to a student who is hopeful to become a dentist and take care of people's dental health, but are faced with this yeah, daunting That's a really great question. I touched yeah. on this already, but dentistry is a lifetime career. <laughs> and so if you passionate about dentistry, I do believe that we can get out of this field, even though we have to take a lot of, you know, <laughs> I personally have a lot of student loans. I don't know about other people, but I do believe that through helping people and, you know, starting my career as a dentist, I will be able to make it back because it is a simple career. People will always need a dentist. At the same time, there are other opportunities out there that you can apply for a scholarship. I know there's scholarship through the Navy, through the military that you can apply for. And I personally didn't apply for this. So you might have to do a little bit of research yourself, but you can apply going into it with mm -hmm. four years of dental school tuition covered you'll just for every year that they cover your tuition you'll have to make it back by working um, for the military but I, I heard mm -hmm. that you have a lot of great benefits that come with it and you are also employed right. straight out of school and also if you want to do residency they let you do that too and I think there's also a chance they might be able to cover that for you as well. So there are definitely financial opportunities out there for you to apply for to handle the financial loans. And I guess it's also well, that's a point where 
you've mentioned already, where I guess the benefits outweigh all of the costs and all of the costs that you may have in mind, right? Like you were talking about being with patients and, you know, I always call dentists the restorer of smiles, right? And I said this story before in my other episode, but I work in a cardiac clinic, right? And I will never forget how there was this one day when an other patient came and we were getting her medical history. And the whole time that she was talking, she was just covering her mouth with her hands. And so I couldn't see her mouth the whole interview. And then I was looking more into the history and then her family member came in. We found, you know, she had crooked teeth and she had missing teeth all over her mouth. And that made me realize that, well, the teeth is really like a source of a lot of consciousness for a lot of people. And it really places a lot of hold on someone's demeanor yeah. and someone's confidence, right? And um, especially that patient didn't want to smile, didn't want to show her teeth because she had no teeth or the teeth are misaligned. And it just shows that for dentists, right? Those who can fix the teeth and you know, put in implants or fix any misalignments that we'll talk more about, you truly do like God's work, right? Restoring people's confidence and people's quality of life. That being said, as a dentist yourself, would be also this. I was just a bystander. I was a third person in the story. What do you think are the best that parts so, about your job? Oh, oh, that's such a compliment to hear. But honestly, I think that everyone in the healthcare field plays an important role in restoring someone's overall health and confidence. I think that. I personally have seen that firsthand, though, when I was in dental school, the first time I delivered my first set of dentures to a patient, they really had no teeth and they had trouble speaking and chewing. I think that is one of the best feelings in the world when you can truly see firsthand the way that you are impacting someone's life through dentistry. To some people, it might have just been a graduation requirement to deliver a set of dentures. But the feelings that come with it, there's really nothing that can compare to it. And I'm sure that a lot of healthcare workers can say the same in every yeah. um, that is patient yeah. or you know consumer facing. We have experienced some of these same yeah. feelings, and so I think that's the best part of dentistry for me yeah and now maybe some more transparent side what do you think are the least parts about the job that you may not I, like, I, most, or like I, <laughs> I will say that being on the side of being a resident is a little bit better than being a dental student mm. <laughs> i think that <laughs> dentistry uh going back to my previous point you definitely have to think about how long you're in school for and when you're learning things mm-hmm. for the first time, it takes a little bit to get to a place of confidence. So I think there is a little bit of imposter syndrome that goes with it. That's one of my least favorite parts because when you're learning something for the first time, I, <laughs> there's always this feeling where your patient is wondering, am I your first patient? You know? <laughs> so <laughs> dealing with that, you don't want to tell them, oh, you're my first patient. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so you do have yeah, to the first know, doing do this a time. little bit of more preparation going into yeah. it definitely mm-hmm. giving you know a facade that you are the most confident provider out there even though mm-hmm. internally you might not feel mm-hmm. that way but i just want everyone to know yeah. if you're thinking about going into healthcare or dentistry everyone goes through this feeling you wouldn't yeah. be alone if you felt this way I often wish I had perfect vision, 
There is so much intricacy in life and beauty in the world around me that I often miss because my view can get so blurry. Though I had glasses for years, I opted never to wear them because of the embarrassing indentations and marks they left behind in my face. Covery seeks to target this common struggle within the eyewear market. Covery is a 100% AAPI woman-owned inclusive eyewear brand designed for comfort, offering a wide range of sunwear and specs with prescription lens options. With their signature elevated fit that features longer nose pads, a reduced frame curvature, and a narrow nose bridge to elevate the frame, Covery is designed to better complement diverse facial features such as low nose bridges and high cheekbones for an effortless fit. Beyond this, the premium handcrafted frames are made from plant-based acetate and lenses with 100% UV protection. Find your perfect fit with their offers of a home and virtual try-on. With the code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z, you can get $20 off any frame you like on shopcovery.com. See the world's beauty more comfortably with Covery. This offer is valid in one frame per order, cannot be combined with any other offers, and is limited to one use per customer. There are luxuries in life that see beyond material things. Practices like self-care and skincare can be an oasis in the whirlwinds and busyness of life. But what if there exists a harmony between material and immaterial luxuries? House of M Beauty is a saffron-infused luxury skincare line that harnesses the antioxidant, vitamin C-rich, anti-inflammatory, and antibacterial power of the highest quality medicinal-grade saffron. They are a clean treatment skincare line suitable for sensitive and postpartum skin. Their unique and consciously crafted formulations maximize the potency of medicinal saffron to calm and soothe sensitive skin while brightening and targeting skin concerns. From their skin polish, to the miracle serum, to the glow jelly mask, and the silk night concentrate, experience the luxurious transformation saffron can bring to your skin with the code FRANZ20, that's F-R-A-N-Z-2-0, for 20% off your first order on HouseFMBeauty.com, also available at Nordstrom Nationwide. As a nurse, I am on my feet, alert for 12 hours or more each day. There is no space for drowsiness or lethargy in my job because my patient's well-being is at stake. Sometimes, you just need the extra energy boost from coffee. Robusta Coffee offers two times more caffeine and antioxidants with 60% less sugar. But did you know that thanks to its climate and fertile volcanic soil, Vietnam is the world's second largest coffee producer and the number one grower of Robusta. Nguyen Coffee Supply is America's first specialty, women-owned Vietnamese coffee company set to change the future of coffee through sustainability, diversity, and inclusion. They only roast coffee beans that are hand-picked at peak ripeness from direct trade Vietnamese farms to produce sweet and flavorful coffee without any additives, flavorings, or oils. Get your own velvety coffee experience for 15% off your order with the code FRANZ15, that's F-R-A-N-Z-1-5, at NewInCoffeeSupply.com. I think the first exposure to dentistry for anyone is being a child, right? Whether it's sometimes dental caries or getting their a kid getting their tooth extracted. You always see videos, or I guess my personal experience uh-huh. if I hear the word dentist and I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah. please, I don't want to go. And everyone's crying, right? And I think as you get older, someone's perception of the dentist might change, right? As we learn more about oral health as we grow up. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions? perceptions about dentists in general, especially in a world of social media where there's so much information about not only yeah. the field. Yeah, I think that's a really good question as well. I personally have not had too many bad experiences with my dentist growing up, but I do understand I could never get my patients <laughs> to come in if that they had a 
dental infection coming up. I think that was, a, there was such yeah. a big fear behind it. But I do want yeah. everyone to know that at the end of the day, a dentist is trying to do their best to encourage, you know, your overall oral health. And every time you come in, it's another chance to maybe learn about how to take care of your oral health. We're not here because mm -hmm. we like to inflict pain for you. I know a lot of people think <laughs> dentists are so scary and I can't blame you for that. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, if you look at it, at it from the positive side, the more times you go into the dentist, maybe the less amount of during the long run because <laughs> um, it's really important to keep up your yeah. oral hygiene and i think with dentistry too well my personal misconceptions about it was i didn't know how expansive the actual field is i didn't know there were different types of dentists years ago i remember i think i had to go to a doctor and they were like yeah you have to go to oral surgeon or you have to go to a periodontist and an endodontist. There's, like, wait, there's more than one dentist. There's different yeah, types of dentists. Yeah, I can kind dentists. of explain yeah. different so paths. Um, yes, in yeah. dentistry. Yes, I get this please. question from a lot of people, too. When I say I want to be an orthodontist, people are like, what is that? And how does it differ from being a general dentist? And so in dentistry, you can go to dental school. Usually it's four years. There's some programs that are three, but usually it's four years of dental school. And then when you graduate from that, you can go straight into being a general dentist. So a general dentist takes care of, I call them kind of the quarterback of the field of dentistry. They coordinate your overall dental health and your overall treatment plan, what it takes for you to have a healthy smile and healthy gums, all of that. So they do a lot of things. They do an exam for you. They can do cleanings. They can do fillings. You know, general dentists, they are so amazing. They cover everything in dentistry. But if there are some procedures that they think I want you to go see a specialist for, they can also refer you to see someone who's more specialized so for example an oral surgeon if they mm -hmm. want to take wisdom teeth out or if you have pathology that maybe needs uh, an extra set of eyes or an extra set of x-rays that are more specialized or you can go see a gum surgeon or if you need a root canal done they can refer you to go see an endodontist or if you have crooked teeth and you want a better smile you can come see people like us who are trained to be an orthodontist so there's definitely different specialties out there and your general dentist can kind of coordinate seeing other specialists if you need that kind of care done yeah, and so for orthodontics, which is you're in residency for, how does that look like after dental school? I know you mentioned it already, but where are the specifics of it? Like how many years? Is it one year didactics? So more, for orthodontics, or? it depends on the program. And I can kind of tell you about my personal journey to applying for and becoming an orthodontist. I knew my second year or maybe halfway between my second and third year, I wanted to be an orthodontist. I actually didn't know anything about the application process. It was me meeting another resident and talking to them that I figured out, you know, that there's different programs and different structures to the programs. To apply for orthodontics, um, you first need to consider if you want to do a two-year or three-year program. At Penn, it's a two-year program. A lot of programs are three years. That's something you can consider. Another thing you want to consider is maybe the cost of the program. I'm at a private program, so tuition is definitely higher. There are public programs out there where you can save a lot of money by applying for and going to those programs. You have to take what's called a GRE. So that is a standardized test with critical reading and math section. It's scored out of 
I think 700 points per second. And so Uh I try to aim around at least 600 points per section to apply. The other thing that I wanted to consider for orthodontics was the location. So as an orthodontist, you have the flexibility when you start practicing, you can apply for anywhere across the country to work in, but you do need to get a specialized license for it. But depending on which program you go to, you can probably work anywhere you wish to apply for work in. It's really just a couple of years of your life where you're deciding where would I like to train in my residence. Got it. And why orthodontics as opposed to, let's say, yeah. endodontist or a periodontist? <laughs> so I guess one the- of the Uh, of going to dental school is that you spend four years to decide if you want to be a general dentist or if you uh, resonate more with a specific field. So for ortho specifically, I fell in love with it because of the lifestyle and the type of work that we do as an orthodontist. And so it's a little bit different from general dentistry and other careers and that it's a lot of thinking. When we look at the cases in orthodontics, we have to treatment plan by looking at x-rays, looking inside the mouth, all of this, but we have to think about an overall picture of how we want someone's smile to look like. And so you have to think about ways to treat crowding, misaligned teeth, all of this in relation to the skeletal structure of a patient. And that's not simply going in and, you know, just treating one tooth at a time. Sometimes it is, but it really is about coordinating an overall smile for someone. And I kind of like doing that. When I shadowed orthodontists and figured out, you know, that's what they're doing every day. That's how I decided on that field. But I did consider, you know, being oral surgery and Mm -hmm. oral surgeon for a Mm -hmm. hot second. But uh, there are things that you'll learn in Mm -hmm. dental school after you Mm -hmm. shadow which ones you like more and maybe which ones you think. Okay, I definitely appreciate and respect that field, but I couldn't see myself doing that. And so orthodontics. As we look more into it, you were talking about things like misalignment, small occlusion. Can you explain what those are for people who may be listening or watching this? Who yes, okay. There's actually a lot of things in orthodontics that we have to consider. It's mm. not just about crooked teeth at the end of the day, and that's something I actually Mm. realize until I got Mm -hmm. to residency myself. But when we are looking at someone's Mm -hmm. teeth, we're actually looking at the teeth in relation to the entire skeletal structure. And so there's actually, I'll give you a little bit of an overview, but there's actually three dimensions that we Mm. look at as an orthodontist. So the first is the sagittal dimension. The second is the transverse. Mm -hmm. And the third is the vertical. So we look at how your teeth are oriented to your entire face and skeletal structure in these three dimensions. So when we treat people orthodontically speaking, um, we not only have to look at your teeth, but we have to take all these x-rays to get measurements as well and see exactly how... um, we can move the teeth so that you still have healthy bone structure at the very end. And so things like mm-hmm. having an overbite, that would be a vertical dimension. So that's mm-hmm. like, if you look at my teeth, it's like, mm-hmm. how much overlap do I have between my top and my bottom teeth? And then sometimes mm-hmm. we also look at how narrow your palatal structure is mm. and that can also relate to other things in your overall health like if you have sleep apnea you have difficulty 
sleeping or if you're a mouth breather. That's all related to orthodontics as well. And then, so I covered the transverse, I covered the sagittal and verticals up and down. So it's it's not just crowding, but it's yeah. also, you know, how your teeth are related to the smile. So mm. if patients come in mm. and they're like, oh, I'm not happy about how my smile is looking because I have a big overjet and my teeth are very procline, mm. which means they're outward facing. We can also do things in orthodontics to kind of help bring those teeth in a little bit, maybe tuck them in and then also level them upwards things like that. Those misalignments are kind of, are they based on what we see? Is it mostly like people are born with it or is it a byproduct? Uh, it's a really great question. I think there's time? a lot of research that's being done on that still. So not only is there a genetic component to it, but we also talk about mm. habits that can lead to crooked, crowded, misaligned teeth. So some common habits that we look at as an orthodontist might be nail biting, tongue thrusting, does your mm-hmm. tongue sit against your teeth? And when you swallow, does it push forward? So some things that we study are in some cases, people have what's called an open bite. And when they try to swallow and their mm-hmm. teeth don't touch in the front, their tongue might push forward between your teeth. And so that's something that we've Mm -hmm. actually been discussing with our faculty in our lectures. Did the open bite come first or did the tongue Mm -hmm. dress come first? Either way, it's our job to kind of keep together and then retrain some of these habits that the patients come in with. There's both a genetic and a visual component to it. Got it. And you know, when it comes to the concept and the reality of straight teeth, right? I think Nowadays, I see a lot online that it's more of like an ideal, right? Like it's a physical ideal that, oh, it's they have perfect teeth, they have beautiful teeth, they have straight teeth, right? So there's definitely a societal view of what's seen as ideal and as perfect when it comes to straightness of teeth, right? But when it comes to actual physical health, is there a benefit when one has a straighter teeth as opposed to, let's say, someone with a lot of crowding or... Um, I think the biggest one for me is that everyone out there should be flossing. (laughs) But if you have crowded teeth, it's really (laughs) hard to not only floss, but also sometimes it can affect your speaking, Mm. your confidence, eating. Mm. A lot of different things can be affected by the way that your teeth might come together. And so it's definitely you can improve your oral hygiene by straightening your teeth with orthodontics, in addition to some of the other things that people might see, like, oh, I, I just want a straighter smile, and I want to feel more confident when I go outside. Being in scrubs the whole shift and for days at work can sometimes strip you of your sense of fashion and self-expression. But instilling a bit of design and color does not hurt to let your personality shine through your uniform. V-Coterie is a leading provider of healthcare jewelry and accessories for playful, everyday wear, from pins to badge wheel charms and medical specialty-specific necklaces. With their creative process paralleling the founder's background in dentistry, V-Coterie was founded to spark the genius within you, redefining the traditional boundaries for jewelry and accessories. They believe fashion can celebrate curiosity and the pursuit of knowledge while allowing you to express your truest self. From the curious student, to a confident clinician, or even a kidney transplant survivor, Vicodery is here to celebrate you no matter where the journey takes you. Get 15% off your first order with the code VFRIENDSOFRANCE on vcodery.com. Find your daily dose of style and make your passion your fashion. 
As someone with acne-prone skin, I always fear using new moisturizers that may be too heavy on my skin and clog my pores. This is why I love my Aloe Quench by Skin by Anthos, a facial moisturizer made for all skin types, especially for sensitive skin like mine. Made with an oil-free formula using aloe, glycerin, and green tea, it is suitable for acne-prone, oily, or combination skin. Its soothing and paraben-free formula makes it even great for sunburns and patients taking Accutane. Skin by Anthos is the byproduct of the minds and expertise of board-certified dermatology professionals and proud AAPI mothers who saw the need for access to pharmaceutical strength and professional-grade skincare for those with sensitive skin and or skin of color from the safety and convenience of home. Experience a regimen tailored to your skin type that is strong enough to deliver medical-grade results for 20% off with the code FRANCEPODCAST when you order on skinbyanthos.com. The sense of taste is so intriguing. A cascade of good memories can wash over you as you experience a flavor you have met before. Founded by Hannah Bay, Helmi, a loving nickname for grandma in Korean, it's a brand of light sparkling beverages that evokes feelings of nostalgia for Koreans and Asians in general, but also curiosity if you are not familiar with certain ingredients and the story behind the flavors. Inspired by traditional Korean flavors through family recipes and made with real fruits and spices, Helmi's debut flavor, Cinnamon Ginger Jujube Persimmon, is a sparkling take on Korea's beloved Sujungwa, a sweet and spice punch that has been brewed for generations to aid digestion and is shared during Korea's most festive moments. It's their version of a healthier, lighter ginger ale. With the code FRANZ, that's F-R-A-N-Z, you can get 15% off your first order on drinkhelmi.com. Partake in honoring roots, strengthening ancestral connections, and celebrating hyphenated identities with unique, refreshing, and better-for-you ingredients. But still, it's like people do want to fix these crookedness of teeth, right? Or overcrowding, or misalignment, overbites, underbites, and stuff. And when it comes to fixing these things, we usually, at least from what I know, we hear of three different things, right? Um, based also on what my dentists have, have told me or what I overhear them say is braces, clear liners, or like Invisalign, right? And retainers. I guess this would be more in your expertise. When would one need braces over Invisalign or over retainers? Yeah, so actually in our program, we offer a wide variety of treatment modalities. So we can give people braces, just the traditional ones that are metal, but we also offer line, which are clear Mm -hmm. retainer Mm -hmm. trays with attachments that go on your teeth. The force of the attachments Mm -hmm. actually push your teeth using the clear aligners. We also have ceramic braces. Part of it is up to patient preference. So if someone comes in and they're like, I definitely want metal braces, I don't want Invisalign, we can do that. But in Mm -hmm. some cases, Mm -hmm. if we are offering Invisalign, we need to make sure that patients can qualify for Invisalign because research has shown that Mm -hmm. Invisalign is better at some movements over others. And so it's our job to kind of guide the patient to the right treatment modality for their case. And so that's kind of what we're learning in residency right now as well is which one should we recommend over the other? And why is it more beneficial to do one versus the other? Yeah, got it. And, you know, again, such beautiful work to be able to restore teeth or to fix one's alignment, right? Like, we didn't just talk about the self-confidence that um, teeth has connections with, but also 
possible physical problems or health problems that can arise, right? Like you said, with the crowding of teeth, it can be more susceptible to other problems within the teeth, right? What do you think would be your message as a dentist to someone who may be burdened down by their teeth, whether it's crooked or, you know, overcrowded? What would be your message to them as uh, someone who's gone through years of education and training to potentially give them hope yeah. to get the teeth um, out, right? I would say, so the first thing I want people to understand about orthodontics is that it's not simply something that can happen overnight. And also, it's never too late to go into an orthodontist. So some people think I missed the train at 12 or 13 years old. I never had braces. I it's I missed the train. It's too late and I can't go in right now. I've seen patients who, you know, are encompassing a wide range of ages. And it's really never too late to come in and, you know, at least get a consultation. If you are thinking about it, just go into your nearest orthodontist today. The other thing is the change that I see in someone, you know, before getting braces and after starting braces, I really do think that it's worth it to go in and at least get a consultation because your orthodontist, Mm -hmm. even if you think, oh, it's just something small, your orthodontist can also point out things that maybe you haven't realized yourself before. And so I really think there is a great benefit to doing that. And then at the same time, if you are thinking about going into this field yourself, don't be intimidated or think that you can't do it. I really do think that, you know, it is hard work, but I really do think it's such a rewarding career path. And so if you are thinking about it, please reach out to me. There's a lot of other people who are doing this as well. And so I really do, I would like to help anyone who is thinking about this. I love that. And just as a final thought, I mean, again, we're here for National Dentist Day tomorrow. Yes, you have your own day and you deserve (laughs) deserve a week, you deserve a month. you know, being a dentist, whatever specialty you may be, or general dentist, you really do make the executive decisions on people's oral health and dental health, which again, not only has uh, physical health and physical benefits, and but there's a lot of psychosocial aspect involved to this field, right? And I can't imagine also the stress that you, you feel, you know, hearing people's stories about their teeth, stories of disappointment, stories of fear. And, you know, as a dentist, you, you try to give hope and you try to fix what, what can be fixed. How do you decompress from a busy um, all of this at the end of the day? <laughs> um, I'm blessed <laughs> in that right now I live in the East Coast, but my sister is also out here in the East Coast. So even though I live in Philly, my mm. sister's in D.C. So I'm actually in D.C. this weekend hanging out with her. I think I like taking time on the weekends. Dentistry is great because you can work, you know, as much as mm. you want or you can take weekends off as well. But this weekend I'm here in yeah. D.C. eating some good food, just relaxing. And so I think it's important to take care of your mental health, too. Dentistry as a career is stressful. It's very high intensity and high pace. If that's something you like, this is a great field for you. But at the same time, it's okay to just relax and chill and, you know, spend time with family, spend time with your friends and, you know, enjoy life while you're doing all of this. Yeah, Dr. Vivian, thank you so much for spending yes. your Sunday with me. I am 
always just so inspired by all of the work that you do. And I love following your orthodontics journey. I'm living vicariously per se, because I am nowhere close to dentistry uh, or within the dental field, but I love following your journey and all of the great things that you do. So thank you to say, but I propose that we just call March (laughs) National Dentist Month. That's it. If you haven't seen your dentist, please go see your dentist, give them a shout out, give them some love. I'm sure they'd love to see you. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me.